0: I help you? Well, if you're Angela Bauer, I'm here to help you. I beg your pardon. I'm Tony Maselli. I'm here about the job. Oh, I'm sorry. There must be a mistake. This job is for a housekeeper.
1: That's me, Mr. Goodmop. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, my mother's screening everyone. Did you meet her? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, she gave me the once over, kicked me in the tires, put me up on a rack. Uh, hell, she should have checked under your hood because you're the wrong sex. Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of AO. OA, the Who's the Boss podcast. My name is Tori. And I'm Kevin. And so I just want to say first off that I did not want to name this podcast the OA, the Who's the Boss podcast, because we would continually have to say OA. <laughs> but after doing some research, there was really no way around it. So here we are. Um, So, I'm going to give a little background first as to why on earth we are doing a Who's the Boss podcast, but if you're listening to this in 2065, then you may remember that in 2020, there was a quarantine, uh, and everyone had to start staying home, so part of my escapism was reruns of who's the boss. But we've always watched old eighties TV. Oh yeah. I mean we've we've gone through Three's company like it was happening like Game of Thrones. We've watched (laughs) Family Ties, Growing Pains. We always like to just kind of watch old eighties T V instead of what is happening now.
0: Right, instead of the million options we have streaming.
1: Right. Instead of Handmaid's Tale, which everyone keeps telling us to watch. Right. No. Um, oh, I mean, we, we've watched some some good stuff also. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, not good, but present stuff. Right. So anyway, so I started watching this show, and then I, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but didn't really know what about. And so I figured, well, this will be fun. I looked up. Nobody else is doing it. it Who's the Boss Podcast. And I'm like kind of a larger dork when it comes to TV than Kevin is, but...
0: What a shock that nobody else was doing a Who's the Boss podcast. That's a shocker.
1: But then, out of nowhere, they announced this reboot of Who's the Boss.
0: Right. So, While we were in planning right. to do a to podcast. Do,
1: exactly. So we may get like 26, 27 listeners at this point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Okay. So
0: Goal achieved.
1: Yes. So our plan is to now rewatch the show and hopefully you will join us and i mean depending on how long the pandemic goes we might be able to get through every episode before they can shoot the who's the boss reboot we'll see
0: i think that's safe to say we'll make it
1: so just recapping in case you don't know and you've just fallen upon this who's the boss podcast and thought it was a fabulous idea they are shooting a reboot at some point so it's been announced Alyssa Milano and Tony Danzel will be executive producers. They are attached. Um, no word yet as far as whether Judith Light will be a part of it or Danny Pantaro, but we can hope. Um, and obviously, Catherine Hellman will not be a part of it because she passed away last year. But right. I'm sure that there will be some good um, moments and memories of Mona.
0: So, One can only hope.
1: Yes. All right, so... Let's dive right in. The pilot episode. Um, so we'll give a little bit of... So I did a lot of research because, like I said, I don't watch TV like a normal person. So for this podcast, I've done quite a bit of research. I found the E! True Hollywood story on YouTube. A lot of good information there. So let's we'll give a little bit of a backstory of about the pilot and how everyone was cast. So the first person attached, obviously, was Tony Danza. And Kevin, did you know what the show was going to be called before it was going to be Who's the Boss?
0: No, I do not.
1: It was going to be called You're the Boss.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe I yeah. heard that. Maybe yeah. I did and I just uh, didn't remember.
1: Yeah, I think I like... I mean, Who's the Boss was definitely the better choice. So um, I guess Tony Danza had like... He was coming off a taxi. I mean, yeah, taxi. So he already had kind of a name um, for himself. For himself, yeah. And he was given three pilots to choose from. Two were kind of like tough guys, and one was Tony Maselli. So it's kind of sweet that he chose Tony Maselli. Um, And then they were trying to figure out, like, you know, obviously they needed to add a woman to it because they already had the plan Originally, the plan was going to be that a woman had to move in with a man, and she was like the blue-collar worker, and he was um, the business person. Right, right. And they each had a kid, and they were going to um, come together to help pay bills and uh, share a place together. And I guess uh, somebody, one of the producers pitched that, and it was shot down. So then they came back with the idea that um, this man has to move in with a woman who lives in a penthouse apartment in Manhattan, and um, they share the responsibilities of raising their kids. But they were like, well, this guy really has to have a reason as to why he's going to just move in and, um, you know, basically be the mom in this family. So they came up with the idea that he was a widow, had a young girl, wanted to get her out of Brooklyn. They changed it to Connecticut, and that's how we got Who's the Boss? Okay.
0: No, I did not know all that stuff. Yeah. all that information
1: (laughs) um then so judith light before this um had done like she had done one life to live a few other small parts and i guess she too had like three pilots that she was looking at and you're the boss was not her first choice until she auditioned with tony danza and i guess when she auditioned with tony danza she really thought that it would be something great so She, unfortunately, had put another pilot, like, above You're the Boss. And I don't really know exactly how it works, but apparently, like, since they were the same network, they had to kind of make a commitment before they knew whether they had the show or not. So Mm. she had made the commitment already for a show called Staff of Life. So her agent was just like, well, cross your fingers that you don't get Staff of Life. And she didn't. Mm. So then she was free and she was able to take this show.
0: Um, and of course, we've never heard about Staff yeah. of Life ever again. So, <laughs> might think, have been a good decision.
1: I think I even saw an interview with Judith Light where she was mentioning that, and she's like, "You know, Staff of Life." Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that originally, instead of her mother, Mona was supposed to be her sister, and um, it was this, still the same character, where like she was very sexually aware and like a modern woman, but. They wanted it to be um, Angela's sister. And I guess, I don't know if it was in the audition process or what, they weren't really finding the right fit, which I think that kind of would have been awkward because it almost possibly could have taken away some of the tension between Angela and Tony if there was like another woman around the same age. Um, So they decided to, I guess Catherine Hellman, um, they had already considered her for something else, and then... They decided to change the role, make it her mother. And okay. obviously, Katherine Hellman was a big name at that point because she had been on Soap.
0: Oh, right, right. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's how it became Mother, Mona Robinson, instead of Sister. Um, then the kids were cast. I, in the E True Hollywood story, it was very cute. Um, Danny Pintauro plays Jonathan Bauer, Angela's son. And he got the role. He had come off doing Cujo, which was a pretty big, I think it was the lead role in that part, um, the Stephen King movie. And Tony told this story about how he and Judith were like going through all the auditions all all day, and they had started paraphrasing. And um, Danny Pintaro came in for his audition, and he said to them, Will you please read the words as they're written? Because that's how I memorize them. So you're going to mess me up if you continue to paraphrase. (laughs) And um, I guess they just thought it was like so cute and like spunky that he would actually say that. So that probably helped him get the part. Um, And then Alyssa Milano obviously plays Samantha Maselli. And she had only done a few things before that. I know she had done... Um, she had worked on a stage production of Annie and probably a few other small things, but um, they brought her into audition and she is from Brooklyn and she had worked hard to get rid of her Brooklyn accent. And then they said, well, for this part, you're going to need to have a Brooklyn a accent. Brooklyn accent. Right? Yeah. So she she said she called her mom on the phone, talked to her for a while to like hear it again, and then went in and they said as soon as they saw her with Tony, they knew that she was Samantha. Which I mean, you can see she looks a lot like him, and they just have like a really good rapport. It's definitely believable. Yeah. So that is the main cast. Um, So, like, obviously, you know, Tony's been doing work in the past few years. I think the last like big things he's done was a Netflix show called The Good Cop. Um, And Judith is everywhere. I mean, she's done The Politician. There's a show called Manhunt, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen, but...
0: Um, oh, you know what? I just remembered was Tony Danzel was the father in that movie... Is it Don Juan?
1: Oh, Don John. Don John. Yes. Don, Don yes. John.
0: That's right. He was yeah. the father in that, wasn't he? he played yeah. his father. That's um, right. I just remembered that.
1: And it's funny because re- when we saw that movie, I remember seeing Tony Danza and, and I hadn't seen him in a while... And thinking, man, he really looks good. Like, yeah, he really looked good. That was probably 10 years ago. I yeah, think. probably I mean. yeah.
0: 7 to 10 years ago, I think, that movie came out.
1: Yeah. Um, But yes, he was great in that. Yeah. Um, I never saw The Good Cop. It only lasted like a season on Netflix.
0: Yeah, um, I don't remember that show. But I
1: think it got had pretty good reviews. Um, and yeah, so Judith is everywhere. I mean, she's doing The Politician... Um, she's Shelley Pfefferman from Transparent, which is no oh, longer, right. but yeah. uh, American Crime Story. Right. She was on CBS's Doubt. Um, that was only one season. On Dallas, Law and Order, and obviously she was on Ugly Betty for years. Same with Alyssa Milano. I feel like she's worked on and off throughout the years. Charmed was probably she's her. She's Charmed, yeah, yeah. That was the one I could yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just... Raging against everything on <laughs> Twitter. Right. Social, social justice warrior. Yes, that's her latest um, role. Yeah. We won't get into politics on this podcast. No. But, um, yes. So, um, okay. So, with the first episode, did you notice that there was, like, that little... Cl- they actually did, like, a intro right before the credits. Like, normally... Whose right, the boss but they rolls don't do. right into the credits. Right. Yeah.
0: They had to explain them leaving. Right. And, a nice uh, back
1: lot shot.
0: Right. Of um what's her name? Well, I don't remember Mrs.
1: Rosini. Mrs. Rosini
0: yeah. yelling from the from the second floor. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I is love- very Bronx Brooklyn style of yelling out yes. the window.
1: But it's great because they immediately introduced Mrs. Rosini and she right. stays and a s secondary character right. throughout the entire series. Right.
0: right. Um,
1: but yeah, obviously a back lot somewhere. Right. So I don't know if you know this, but they... tell sh- you where.
0: It is Universal.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It was Universal City because I just read that. Nice. That's where it started and then eventually moved to Sunset Gower, I right. believe. But anyway. Which is
1: right across the street from where you work, right? Yes, right yeah. by where I work. Um, I wonder where they'll shoot it. I mean, now it's Sony's... I don't know if Sony always did it, but I wonder if it would be at the Sony lot.
0: Oh, yeah, down in Culver City. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, another uh, cute tidbit about Judith Light auditioning for this part is um, there's a story about how he had auditioned like for the, she had done the original audition and then she would come back for like the chemistry test between the between um, the main actor, which was Tony Danza, and um, he said that they had gone through like several women that day, and every single time. It was, they read the scene in the pilot where he comes to her door at night and wants to talk to her about Grant, her boss, and she would pass by him and he said every time he would kind of look at the actress and like check her out from behind. Mm
0: -hmm. And he said
1: none of them really like picked up on it, but Judith immediately turned around and was like, what are you looking at? And he said like, okay, this is somebody that's going to like really work off that kind of chemistry and sort of on the fly stuff. Right. So, that's, like, the main thing that he really calls out for being what got her cast in that part. Is that one of our animals?
0: We'll so. <laughs> Um,
1: so. So, yes. Yeah, so, we immediately meet Mrs. Rosini. Right. They head out. And we get right. this, like, completely different open than we'll ever see again.
0: Yeah. It just shows the van driving for yes. a while, right? Through the yeah. leaves and all that. Yeah.
1: And embarrassingly... I don't think I ever realized that the open is him driving to Connecticut. Like, I think I always just thought it was like Tony going to the grocery store and coming home. Oh, see, I always
0: knew that's what yeah. it was. Like, <laughs> every time I've ever watched it, it no. was him driving and then arriving. Right. <laughs> so it's just Tony going out for grocery. Right. Yep. What's Tony going out right. for this time?
1: <laughs> well, yes. You know. Yep. All just right. coming, running his errands yeah, during the day, so, I mean, coming yeah. home. Yeah. And um, that is not actually Tony Danza driving okay. I am sorry to report. Okay. Yeah, someone else. Okay, so then Tony pulls up in front of the house, which I think, you know, mainly the inside of the house, but I feel like the house is really kind of a character of its own on the show, and I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to do with it with the reboot. But the house that is shown in the open is actually not in Fairfield, Connecticut, but instead in Rye, New York.
0: Oh, and I've, the I've looked, exterior. Yeah, is the what exterior. You're okay. Yeah. What talking
1: about? I don't think the interior matches at all because it was obviously all shot on a oh, set. Yeah, right, right. But, um, yeah, the, the exterior is in Rye, New York. And over the years, fans have actually gone, driven by, and taken pictures of it. I found a few of those on the internet. So, for the next time it's for sale, if anybody would like to live in the Who's the Boss house, you're going to need about $1.8 million. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Is Rye, New York a nice area?
1: I I, mean, I think so.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't know where, even where I that is. I think it's
1: upstate. Okay. Yeah. Let's say, where is it? Upstate. Um, but yeah, it looks like a very pretty area. They could have used some sidewalks in that open, but I guess it was the 80s, so.
0: Maybe it has sidewalks now.
1: Right. <laughs> there may be sidewalks now. <laughs> okay, so for this first episode, I was able to track down the original TV Guide fall preview blurb. So this is from TV Guide, September 8th, 1984. And it's a picture of the family. I'll post this on the Instagram. Um, But it says, real men do eat quiche. They also do windows and shoot hoops. That's the message of this half-hour comedy in which a beautiful advertising executive with a seven-year-old son hires a live-in housekeeper with a 10-year-old daughter. The executive is divorced, Angela Bauer, Judith Light. Her housekeeper is hunky, Tony Maselli, Tony Danza. (laughs) Tony needs the job, and his daughter Samantha, a tomboyish cutie, needs a decent place to grow up. Angela is a terrific executive, but not so hot at dealing with son Jonathan, Danny Pantaro, who lives on junk food. Tony can deal with Jonathan. He throws out the sugar crunchies and gives the kids scrambled eggs. Jonathan, yuck, isn't there anything else? Tony, yeah, hunger. Angela isn't so sure she should have a male housekeeper, but her mother, mother, Catherine Hellman, sets her straight. Don't be sexist. A man can do meaningless, unproductive work as well as a woman. So that was part of the fall preview for the the pilots that were coming. September 8th, 1984. And the episode actually aired September 20th, 1984. Mm -hmm. So we start off after... They leave Brooklyn, drive to Connecticut in the open. Tony shows up at the front door, and Jonathan is the cutest thing at the beginning. Like, I can yeah, he is. I can totally see exactly what they saw in him when they casted him originally because his little haircut and like his missing teeth. Yeah, he's so cute sitting there with his reptile, and they. You know, right off the bat, we see that Angela is having a hard time controlling him. Right. Um. And then seems very surprised that there is a man at her front door. Right. Who wants to be her housekeeper.
0: But which, and then he does the very little kid thing, such a kid thing to do, look out the window, say, yeah, there's a man standing there, and then sits back <laughs>
1: right. down.
0: <laughs> right, Of course, this day and age, we wouldn't dare answer the door. Right, exactly. That's neither here nor there. Right.
1: This, I would never, like, have one of the girls go see who's at the door. It's like, stay away from the front door and let me check the ring. Right. But yeah. But in 1983, it was much different. People just stopped by at any moment. Right. So she seems surprised that he's there. She's obviously in need of a housekeeper, but she was not expecting Tony Masilla to be standing there. So um, another reason why um, they cast or they wanted to have Angela to have a sister was basically they said that they needed an extra character that could validate the reason why this woman is going to allow this man just to move into her house. And um, so, obviously, when Mona gets there, she's done all sorts of background checks, talked to priests. like, Right. <laughs> because at first, I was kind of like, she just gave, I mean, like, honestly, she just gave him the job. Right. Without, I mean, you don't see this until later episodes where they're going to go back and explain more about how Tony got there. But she did just kind of give Tony the job right off the bat. He gets there and says that he has the job as long as she says yes. It was kind of presumptuous for him to, like, pack everything up. Like, it would have been a sad day if they just had to go back to Brooklyn. Right. And ask Mrs. Rosini to sleep on her couch. (laughs) (laughs) No apartment. But, so, Mona comes in, saves the day, and and they really, like, I obviously set up quickly, like, how Tony just comes in and gets Jonathan to put a snake upstairs. Right, and
0: gets him to eat the eggs. Right? Yeah. And all that stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. right, but like you mean immediately off the, right off the bat, right?
1: Yeah. Um so then Samantha doesn't come in at first because I guess they're a little worried that she's gonna give the wrong impression by having a black eye. Right.
0: So he waited three and a half minutes. Right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so and Alyssa Milano was so adorable, too. Like, just their Mm -hmm. little voices, Mm -hmm. they're so cute. Um, So, yes, immediately, everyone's happy. Tony gets the job. They move into the house, apparently, the exact same day. Like, everything's in the car. And my, my other favorite part was that Mona, Samantha's like, do I get my own room and Mona's like, yeah, you can have a sewing the sewing, sewing room. Yeah. It's like
0: sewing closet, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. but I'm pretty it's sure it's like, a sewing
0: closet. Does, I'm like, what?
1: Does Angela Bauer look like she's been sewing anything? Right. Like, she wouldn't... I don't think she would have any idea what to do with a sewing room. So it was probably for the best that they, like, let her move into that room. Right. So...
0: But, but well, but before you go any further... Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the funny part is before Jonathan doesn't answer the door at first... Because what does she say, like, someone's at the door, is so somebody going to answer the door? Yeah, 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 And then he says something, I don't remember what he said, I just watched the show about two hours ago, right. I can't remember, but, <laughs> and then she comes down after he doesn't answer the door and says something smart, and then she makes the Joan Crawford reference, right. which is the mommy dearest. Right. She's, what? Uh, what is it she says?
1: Uh, Joan Crawford is my idol. Idol,
0: right. Yeah. So it's insinuating that she's going to beat him up right. with hangers if he, <laughs> right. next time he doesn't answer the door. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting reference.
1: But it's so funny, too, because... But that was probably a
0: very popular movie at the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I
1: totally that, remember Mommy Dearest around, as a kid. And it was around, yeah. like,
0: probably 1984. Yeah. I'm not sure of the date of Mommy Dearest. Yeah.
1: And, like, we watched this episode with our kids a little while ago. And, I mean, that's one of the references that they, they had no idea who Joan Crawford was. Right. And they're going Okay, be- Mommy
0: Dears came out in 1981.
1: Okay, yeah. So that was very topical at the time. Yes. Um, and didn't you say there was another like comedian that Mona references?
0: Yeah, Henny Youngman. Yeah. Which I, mean- I had no idea who mm-hmm. Henny Youngman is.
1: Yeah, I don't think I knew... I mean, that was obviously in there for the adults. Because when right. I watched this, I'm a little younger than Samantha. So I had no idea who Henny Youngman was at the time.
0: Right. Even because Henny Youngman was, would have been more uh, for people like our parents at the time.
1: Right. So, but it's kind of like when we watch shows with our kids now on the Disney Channel or whatever, and we'll get a couple of the jokes. Like, I think Liv and Maddie once had a Carol Burnett reference. So, like, it was kind of that humor that was there. Right. Because at this time, like, everybody was watching the same thing. I mean, my parents were watching Who's the Boss? And that's why I was watching it where I feel like now kids kind of have their own shows more because there's just so much out there that they can access.
0: Right. Yeah, Henny Youngman was a comedian. And he he actually lived 91 years. He died in 1998. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Um,
1: Fun fact. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that very night, we see Angela come home with her date. Um, Grant, I can't remember who, what his last name was, but the um, the actor is Dennis hula hula
0: hula
1: and i'm not sure that i'm saying that but like
0: right before but before they go out doesn't he doesn't tony kind of lecture her on going out with him in the first place or is it it's later yeah later okay can't even remember it was a long
1: two hours ago
0: yeah it was (laughs) i don't apparently i don't remember (laughs) this episode at all Um, okay
1: so oh right
0: because then yeah okay never mind
1: So they come in, um, he's coming in, and and apparently he's just going to leave his cab driver sitting with the meter running. Right, because he's hungry. Yeah. So yeah, that's the whole... Because dinner was really small, (laughs) even though it was
0: $300. So
1: they they give the impression that it was kind of a work dinner, but not really, and they paid a lot of money for it, but it was like a fancy restaurant, so they didn't get a lot of food, so she invites him in. Obviously, Angela has nothing in the kitchen to eat, like... There's, I don't know. She pulls out some old, gross takeout. It was
0: potato salad that was green.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> and she so thought it was disgusting. green salad. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: but I just love how like Angela doesn't care that she's not good at any of this stuff. Right. Like she doesn't apologize really for it because that's just that's not her focus. And I mean, it doesn't have to be. It wasn't really the normal thing for a female character, mom character at that time. But right. You know, she has different priorities, and she's not gonna really be apologetic about it um so they're in the kitchen he's obviously interested in her right um and then she breaks the plate which i don't know if you noticed but like she pulls the plate out of the cabinet and right it hits the counter and then like falls and then they the next shot the plate is like three feet away broken oh. in pieces <laughs> i didn't notice that <laughs> yeah, that's so funny
0: but I like that he goes and kisses her, and she just throws the plate. Right. Like, and all of a sudden, it's
1: it startled her. Yeah, yeah
0: I guess she's so. So into it. Yeah. All right.
1: So, um, so Tony must have heard the plate crashing. Right. And thinks that something has gone awry. Comes running downstairs. His first night in the house. Right. It's a yeah. Well, plus maybe he's used to Brooklyn, where like plates smashing in the middle of the night is a meets. common thing. Yeah, it's, it's bad things. All right. Only bad things. So he comes downstairs. In the highest pair of sweatpants I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> like, I And no shirt. No, of course not. We had to immediately get... Right.
0: Get the idea Tony that he's a hunk.
1: Right. Tony Danza without a shirt on. Um, and so... But the, but the waistband is so high. And, like, there's not even an elastic. It's kind of a drawstring. It's very interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> drawstring. <Dress laughs> like,
1: a woman probably could have worn that as a full romper. Right. Um... So he thinks she's being attacked. She obviously says that this is her date. Um, and then, uh, but I feel like even here, we start to really get a good sense of Tony's kind of sweetness. Because, like, the guy throws out the ugliest Mary Poppins line.
0: Right. <laughs> and male um, Mary Poppins. He right, a male Mary right, Poppins.
1: Right. And he's like, you're lucky I like that movie.
0: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> Which is cute because, like, that's kind of the fun thing about Tony is he is, like, super macho, but then he's also really sensitive. And, right. like, you can see that side of him very early on.
0: And, and the great part, great thing about that part was he immediately takes him and throws him against the cabinet and holds the bat up like he's going to smash <laughs> <Right>. his face <laughs> in <laughs> And then Angela's like, no, 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 no right. it was my date. Yeah, like, like and immediately they almost took a turn. There. Right. Like it was gonna get real violent.
1: He's like, This guy's wearing a business suit, but maybe that's just what they look like right. in Connecticut. Right. Like you're it's about
0: to be a Quentin Tarantino. Tony's <laughs> oh, gonna go at him with a bat.
1: <laughs> um so Grant ends up leaving, he's upset. Right. Um he kind of says that jerk. Line about two meters getting turned off really right. basically yep, I remember means that he was fully planning on having sex with Angela. Right. Um. But I feel like
0: I guess in the backyard because right
1: because she said my son's upstairs. Right. Yeah. Well, they have they were making plans. They were making plans. Right. Because at the weekend
0: they were making the weekend right, plans for the
1: weekend. But that's the other thing that I really found very interesting about Angela is immediately. Like, they set her up as a character where she likes him and she is planning on having sex with him and she's not apologizing for that at all. Right. And, like, Tony's concern for her is more having to do with him being her her boss. Like, he's not really kind of shaming her in any way for, you know, being any different than men were portrayed at that time. So I feel like for the time, that was a pretty interesting... Um, precedent
0: to say right right and it's just interesting how involved tony was in her life knowing her for four hours right you know yeah it's just that that was kind of funny over dinner
1: he like learned all of her backstory right her life history right yeah right so and they
0: did they did explain at the top that he's a that his wife had died, right? They do... Yeah, Mona I thought does. They did. I thought Mona yeah, did. Yeah. Right, okay.
1: That was part of Mona's background check. She went to talk to his priest. That's right. And priest. apparently... His priest <laughs> that you never hear of again. No. Or heard. Tony ever
0: go to church. Heard I Heard
1: a very sad story <laughs> right. about the wife dying and him being a oh, former right. baseball player. Right,
0: right. I remember right. that now.
1: Um, so... Okay, so then they go to bed mm-hmm. separately. Um, and... Tony goes to her door to, I guess, apologize or talk to her. But also, like, what, right. what time is it now? Like, you've just started a job. You've been yelled at it by your boss, so now you're going to knock on their bedroom door at, like, what, 1.30 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> but it works. I mean, yeah. I guess if you open your bedroom door at any point and Tony Maselli is standing there, it's going to cushion the blow. Yeah, that's my motto. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> my thought process.
1: So he basically talks to her about the fact that um, well, he's sort of apologizing at first for the misunderstanding. Then he realizes that she's up for this promotion and he is one of the deciding
0: factors. Right. and that, That's true because you do have to figure out how late it is. I mean, he's in bed. He's a young adult. I mean, right, when, when yeah. they come home. Right, right. They just had dinner. Right. Apparently it wasn't very filling. I mean is it yeah. nine thirty and Tony's in bed? <laughs> like, was sewing a long day. what's going
1: on? Yeah. <laughs> the... yeah, he did some sewing. He's in the sewing closet. Yeah. Sewing. <laughs> he, he had to make those sweatpants and then <laughs> the immediately gesture. went to sleep.
0: Okay, I don't um, just um, say it. No, no, no what yeah. What time of night is it? Right. Midnight?
1: Uh, yeah, it has to be late because he was already in bed. Then right. she came home. Then she was fully asleep when he woke her up because she thinks it's Jonathan at first. She's like half asleep. Right. So like long enough for her to fall asleep and then go knock on the That's door. true. Yeah. So they get into the conversation, and that's the audition piece also that I talked about earlier. Oh, so is I that... guess Yeah, and the audition part, if I find the video, I'll put it on Instagram, but the audition part, um, she says something to him about how we're not going to talk in my bedroom, and she walks out into like the main area. Right. But they cut that out um, for the actual show, so she just walks out and they talk into the in the little foyer or whatever you would call that hallway. Right. right at the top of the stairs. Right. Um, so, again, like, his main concern with her is that if she goes away with her boss for the weekend and then she gets this promotion, she's never going to know if it was because she slept with him or not. Right. But she's not really hearing him. Like, I feel like at this point she's still pretty, has made her decision and doesn't really want to change her mind about right. it. Right, right. So, um, the next morning we get some cute stuff again with the kids. Um, Jonathan has always had breakfast cereal. Right. And that's a no-no in the Macelli house. Apparently you eat protein in the morning. Right. Which is, so that's another thing, like, Samantha reads the ingredients off of the cereal box about the bleached sugar and stuff. Right. I, didn't, I don't think I realized that we knew that in 1983, like, I might have to have a conversation with my parents, because I had cereal, like, every every morning. But for some reason, I was thinking that we didn't really know that that wasn't a good thing to do at the time.
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm older than you, but...
1: Yeah, but we were children. Like, we it wasn't really...
0: We every morning. We needed a Tony without...
1: Maselli to make us eggs. Right. Although, I don't... No, I would have eaten eggs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I ate ate eggs as a kid, but it was never made for me. (laughs)
1: Right. So so they kind of have this, like, um, two-sided conversation in front of the kids about the Crunchy Crawlers.
0: um, Right, Crunchy Crawlers.
1: (laughs) That they're empty calories and that uh, an hour later you're going to want something else. So he's still trying to get her to not agree to go away for the weekend with Grant um, and at this point, she's still kind of, you know, sticking to her guns, at least in front of Tony. Um, and we get our very first A-O-O-A. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah, they didn't, like, I feel like some catchphrases, you they don't come along until later in the show. But, like, this one was right out of the gate.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was, it was totally planned because after he says it, there's, like, applause right. or... Right. There's like a weird pause and people are laughing and applauding or yeah. something. Not, it's not huge, but it's yeah. noticeable enough where it was almost like when they shot the episode, they let the audience gonna know that be- was going to be the cast. Right, right.
1: right. <laughs> but he also, he says it backwards. So he says...
0: He says A O A O A O.
1: A O, right. Right, right. But far as any research i've done and the name of this podcast it is in fact a-o-o-a right like when i look you know they tweaked it yeah yeah but um, i feel like it kind of goes back and forth throughout the show so we'll have to count we're, we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to see how many of them we get yeah i like, only so, got one in
0: this episode and it was that one right and yeah it yeah. was o-a-a-o yeah yeah that's what i
1: so but i don't think A-O. Like, I don't remember... I didn't, I didn't watch all of Taxi. I saw it here and there. So, but I don't think that was, like, a Tony Banta thing. So I don't uh-huh. I don't think that it was a Tony Danza saying... I th- feel like it was a Tony Maselli thing. So, maybe they just planned on that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering.
1: Yeah, if anybody has any backstory on that, let us know.
0: Yeah, on the Instagram.
1: Yeah. So, um, then, you know, they have this whole loaded conversation over the children. And then, as soon as they leave... Jonathan says, what were they talking about? And Samantha just says, sex.
0: And he says, that's what I thought.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, because, like... I
0: know, he's so young.
1: Right. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess that... I don't remember... Like, I feel like now, when we watch TV, or the kids watch their TV, like, there's no mention of sex. But again, there's, like, more of a division between what kids are watching and what grown-ups are watching these days. Right. So... Like, I think it was almost a little startling to hear Samantha just say the word sex. Right. On this show. But right. In the 80s, I feel like that wasn't startling at all.
0: Right. Not, not a big deal at all.
1: But I feel like kids are kind of overall just a little more naive than we were back then, only because there wasn't as much television catered just to us. Um,. So, I mean, even though Angela's not letting on at all that she's taking in any of this, she does process it. She has the whole conversation with Grant at work that day. Right. Um, so, and that was cute. We get to um, already see Wallace and McQuaid. Um, I think that ends up becoming her office later on, the set that they used. Um, but, yeah, so we get to see her at work right away. She basically tells him that, like, she doesn't know that um, it would be a good idea for them to do this, to have a weekend away until everything is settled with the promotion. Right. Um, I thought Which it was t- Tony's advice. Exactly. Right. Even though she'd never let on that she was going to take any of that advice at right. first. Right. Um, I thought that conversation with Samantha and Tony was really cute where he's asking her, like, how she likes stuff already so far. And um, she doesn't seem to be crazy about Jonathan, but she really does think that Angela's pretty cool and, like, seems surprised that a woman could have a career like that and be able to afford this large house. And, um, you know, Tony basically says, you can do this too. Like, this is, you know, totally possible for any young girl. So I thought that was cute. And, like, I feel like as a kid, I saw like her and the mom on growing pains and obviously the mom on the Cosby show and stuff. And so like, I never felt that I didn't have like strong female role models on TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
1: And I feel like at some point that must've dropped off because I feel like that's more of a conversation that we have today, even though, you know, and I feel like maybe some at some point in the 90s, like when Baywatch became popular and like <laughs> other we shows, lost all control <laughs> where women became more secondary characters and stuff. But but like even Scully on the X-Files, you know, even though she's painted kind of differently. Right. Um, you know, I feel like that was definitely a strong female character. But so it's nice that there this is 1983, you know, to have a role model like that for girls
0: right a um, strong working woman
1: yeah and then so Samantha says she wants to be the manager for the Mets and Tony makes the reference about kicking dirt i didn't really get any of that because i'm not a sports fan but right is that like a thing
0: yeah it's meaning cuz she she says she wants to be the manager of the Mets and then he like like you were saying he then says i'm going to enjoy seeing you kicking dirt on umpire which that's a reference to in baseball where when the when the umpire out in the field makes a bad call and the manager wants to argue with the umpire about it, you can't come out and like physically, you can't touch the umpire at all. So it became a thing. I feel like it's more of an older thing, like back then in the eighties and even nineties to kick sand on the, on the, sh- the, the shoes of the umpire. Got it. It doesn't happen as much anymore. But okay. back then it was like you can't physically touch them or you're going to get thrown out of the game. So you do all you can to wave your arms around oh, them God. and do whatever and then kick sand on your shoes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that's probably a much <laughs> longer explanation yeah. than it should have no, been. No, no,
1: yeah. I I didn't get any of that. There's right, another, that's what that reference is. When we get there, there's another baseball episode where there's quite a few like references that you'll have to fill me in on because I do okay. know. Okay, so Angela comes home from work because she's been too nervous to sit at work and wait to find out if she's going to get this job promotion. And at that point, she does tell Tony that she took his advice and told Grant that they weren't going to go away for the weekend until everything was kind of squared away with the promotion. Um, So Tony gets a phone call, and I love it because I think at the beginning of the phone call, he's like, I won't tell, and then he gets Rosie, which I think is cute too because like, throughout the series, there's kind of, like, this sl- small flirtation between Rosie and Tony. Like, he oh, just really? kind of set it up that, like, Rosie just thinks Tony's the cutest thing. So, I thought it was interesting that that started really early. Because when he's on the phone, he's like, you sound cute, too. So, she obviously was already, like, saying something to him oh, about it. Oh, I didn't realize it.
0: Rosie was a recurring... Yeah,
1: she okay. will be, like... um a secondary character okay. throughout the series i don't know how long i mean obviously just for the wallace wallace and mcquade parts years right um so then yeah he promises not to say anything and then he just immediately tells angela <laughs> when she comes downstairs
0: well but but he he gets her to tell tell him that Basically, she admits that she took his advice. I mean, what well, she did already, but oh,
1: okay, right, right, right. But yeah. he's
0: like, if you were right, if, what does he say there? He says he's it, like,
1: if you don't get it, are you gonna regret? Right, not right, not with that's Eddie.
0: what it is. Not going away with him for the yeah. weekend and having all of the intercourse. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she says no. Right.
0: right. Then yeah. he tells her. Right. Yes. yes. And so right. then he
1: tells her that she did get it. Um, so it's cute. They like, kind of get. A first like that ending scene i think they they use that in the credits for a while too because it's kind of like the first them coming together as a family like she gives them a big hug and the kids come in at the same time and um so it's a cute setup i think for the rest of the series right but here's my thing about the whole her not going away for the weekend with grant like do you think that that really m- meant, like, my thought is he still saw that there was an opening? It's like, okay, well, you're not going to sleep with me this weekend. Right. But,
0: right, but I'll, I'll just give it the job anyway because there's still right. a chance I'm going to sleep exactly.
1: with Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I understand what they're going for.
0: Right, right.
1: But, and hope, I mean, Angela is an excellent worker, and she most likely got the job just because. Like, I don't even think that he necessarily had all the power. He was just part of the committee that was going to vote on this new president. So, You know, she was definitely deserving of the job. I just always thought that in the back of my mind. Like, okay, well, she didn't sleep with him that weekend, but... He could have still been thinking that he was going to have sex with her. Right. I mean, I, the I thought the
0: same exact thing yeah. when I was watching the episode, <laughs> yeah. the episode earlier. But,
1: but we, we get what they were trying to do. It, right, it had right. a good message. It did. Yeah. And um, I, we just needed to talk for a minute about the outfits at the end because
0: yeah.
1: her, it's like a, a pink leotard with then sweatpants. And then like a sweat, like it looks like the jacket has wings or lightning bolts. It's it, They're pretty lightning epic. Lightning bolts, yeah. Um, there's like pink. I,
0: I kind of took it as pajamas. So <laughs> shows what I know. I'm like, why is she in pajamas? But I guess maybe, she, you're probably right. She came back from a workout.
1: Yeah, or she was going to go. But yeah, but then she comes downstairs in workout clothes and then immediately goes to take a bath.
0: <laughs> so I don't. Well, because she was working out.
1: But, oh, so so you're saying that in between, okay, so you're saying in between when she went upstairs and Tony got the phone call, she did a full workout. Yeah, yeah,
0: actually, that doesn't make any sense. Well,
1: no, maybe, maybe she went for a run or something. Oh, that's true. They don't really say how much.
0: Put on a little sweater and came in the kitchen (laughs) with high sweatpants (laughs) on.
1: And like throughout the series, I do want to touch on. Angela Bauer's clothing, just because I know that Judith Light had a big part in that. Like, she really fought for her to have kind of these over-the-top clothes.
0: Aggressive shoulder pads. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, um, but I'll, I don't think she had any part in the outfits for this, because it was the pilot. Right. It was once the show got picked up, I think, um, that she had a little more say in it. Cause, okay. Um, so, we'll talk about it another time, but Yes. The shoulder pads are epic. And this, I feel like mostly in this episode, they're kind her outfits are pretty subdued. Um, except for this lightning bolt workout gear. But Tony's sweater is awesome. Like, it is.
0: It looks like something. I, I wanted to say strong. <laughs> it looks like something you get extra structure, but that's, that's 15 years <laughs> yeah. ago. So it shows what I know, right, right, but like something you'd wear currently. Yeah, or like, what do the
1: kids wear now?
0: I don't know. Massimo. Yeah, I, um, I don't no, know. No, you can't wear Massimo anymore. That's tar- target. Yeah, target. I was just yeah. something that you would get, like currently. It, yeah. It's, it, I would wear that now. Is Ur- what I'm urban trying to say. Outfitters, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't even know if the kids yeah. shop there anymore. I really don't know where the kids shop.
1: But yeah, no, his out his sweater is very nice. I and like actually, me
0: saying that I would wear it now really probably doesn't mean much anyway. <laughs> but if you watch the episode, you'll see it. Judge for yourself.
1: Yes. Yes, it's very cute. But the um, but the
0: other thing I want to say really quick about the end of the episode there was the fact that, was it Rosie that, that yeah. calls? Mm-hmm. The fact that the whoever was to tell her or decided that she got the, the job mm-hmm. would then tell the secretary, is Rosie a secretary?
1: Yeah, Rosie is Angela's secretary.
0: So she, he would tell Rosie to call Angela. Right. And then tell her. And on top of that, Rosie tells some strange man, right? let her know she got this big job. <laughs> She's the president <laughs> right. of this company. I thought that was interesting, but I mean, I understand that right, storytelling right. Yes. how it goes. But
1: it was a big 24 hours for Tony. It, it was yeah, I, like, a it was lot pretty happened. Incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, I think so. We've decided we're going to do a rating for every episode. But hang
0: on, before you do that, okay, the one, one really cute thing at the end was in, during the closing credits where there, uh, him and and and. Uh,
1: Oh Samantha. Samantha, Samantha!
0: Thank you. Gosh, that was Milana. <laughs> Are playing basketball out in the backyard. Yeah, it was and then, really yeah, cute. Yeah, it was a cute little scene. I thought that was neat. And they're and, playing basketball with a basketball hoop that has no backboard and is apparently drilled into rock. <laughs> right, You see the episode. And like whatever. If
1: you don't make that shot, you're smashing that French door.
0: I know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that is it's going terrible, right? It's terrible. Terrible basketball going hoop right placement, in but into the, the house. Other than that, it's a cute scene.
1: Um, but I yes I. I noticed that, and I think the other really cute thing about it is I don't think Alyssa gets like the first couple, right? Like they timed like it out, so like she gets right. the, the one that they one. that yeah. they end on, which was really sweet. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. So, um, okay. So our rating system, we're gonna, we're gonna do one to ten, and we're gonna do how many? Ao always not o oas ao A-O's, A-O's. A-O's. that's right. wrong. Right. So although
0: we'll figure that out if that's actually. I'm because, taking a tally. By the way, I'm taking a tally of all the AOOAs.
1: Versus. Slash, okay.
0: Well, both. Yeah. Tally of both. Okay. So.
1: Yeah, we're, we're going to get to And, and the bottom this episode's only one. Right. And it's backwards. It's, it's OAAO. Yeah. It's The Imposter. Right. Okay. So, I'm going to give this an eight. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty. Like, you can watch a lot of pilots of shows and think, like, ugh. And, like,. A lot of stuff will change, but I feel like this right. is a pretty solid pilot. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it does a good job introducing the characters, does a good job introducing the show, what it's about. Um, you know, and I feel like they really didn't have to make a lot of changes after. It was pretty solid. So yeah, I'm gonna give it eight aos always. We're gonna. I'm gonna get have to get better at saying that. I
0: know a o away a o away i i'm gonna give it I, my and honestly this is my gut because we didn't discuss this beforehand what our rating system i was gonna say seven and a half oh, okay if it can do is a half sure why not um because i agree with you and i also think that you're right like a lot of shows you go back like older shows you go back and watch the pilot and you're like wait a minute who's that like they're random people right. that yeah. they removed. Yeah, like brothers this, and
1: sisters. Yeah.
0: This pilot stayed true mm-hmm. to what the whole show was. There were no characters removed or even right. added. Yeah. You know, and yeah. matter of fact, like you had mentioned in the beginning, you got Mrs. Ro- Rose- Rosini Rosini. got Mrs. Rosini and, and Rosie, who are end up being yeah. recurring characters. They weren't even just in the pilot, and they never heard from yeah. Them again. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that I yeah. felt like that was a good. They they had a show, they did a pilot, and they're like, it's perfect the way it is. And that's interesting. It's rare. I think that's rare.
1: Yes, I agree. I should also mention that um, Mrs. Rosini is played by Rhoda Gemignani. Okay. I looked that up today. And then I forgot. So I'm sorry, Mrs. Rosini.
0: I think she's been in a lot of other stuff too. I don't... I feel like she was in King of Queens, but I'm not 100% sure about that.
1: Um... You know, I looked today, and I, I don't remember, but her the most recent okay, work thing. she's done is uh, extras with Matt LeBlanc a few oh, okay. years ago. She was in that.
0: I watched a few episodes of that.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so that is our first episode. We've hit the end.
0: Okay. So <laughs>
1: good. Um. So I'm just gonna say, if you'd like to reach out to us, we are at Who's the Boss Podcast on Instagram. Please direct message us or comment with any questions or things that we missed. If you have any information on stuff that we didn't catch, please let us know. Um, Or you can also go to anchor.fm/slash WTB podcast. There's no question mark, just WTB podcast. Um, And there you can leave a voice message. So you can actually record a message and we can play it if I can figure out how to get it in GarageBand, which I will. I will do. Yes. So, all right. Well, thank you, everyone. Unless will...
0: you yell at us and curse, <laughs> we will not.
1: I might play, play that those. On... just because. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because. Well, I probably will. Yeah. Um, okay. So, the next episode we are going to cover is briefless encounter. Second mm. episode. Oh. Yes, it sounds like it's going to be a good one, and yeah. it is.
0: Somebody loses their pants. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: Um, So before we go, I just want to say that we are going to go out with a song. This is Isaiah Matthew Harris with a guitar cover of Brand New Life. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. All
0: right. See ya.
1: If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and give you a big pat on the back.
0: There's a time for love and a time for living Take a chance and face the wind An open road
1: and a road that's hidden A brand new life around the bend There were times I lost a dream or two Found the trail and at the end was you there's a path to take and a path not taking. The choice is up to
0: you, my friend. The nights are long, but you might awaken to a brand new life. Brand new life, a brand new life around the back.